podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, oh my God, <laughs> that was a bit of a nice clencher. Hello and welcome to the Nina Kaza Show, brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you get a massive 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. That's with LibertyShield.com and the discount code is AIVPN. It's a massive deal, so get on top of it, Reds. Liberty Shield offer low-cost VPN routers with fast worldwide shipping to connect any device to a VPN, including IPTV boxes such as MAG and Z Gemma plus Smart TV and Apple TV. So guys, get on that. Right, let's talk about this game. Oh my God. Um, massive, massive game. I'll have some callers as well. But first up, let me introduce my panel. I'm a little bit everywhere. It's an early kickoff, a bit like the Reds. Let me introduce my panel. I've got a, a quality, um, uh, panel lined up for you. Joining me first, it is I'm going to call him my frenemy because he always says horrible things about me and he's even compared me to Roy Hodgson. But for some reason, I'm always, um, you know, scraping, scraping at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to guests and I'm always relying on him. It is Sam Evans, writer and podcaster for AI. Welcome to the show, Sam. I have also called you Chewbacca as well, Nina. Let's not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget that one. That's my favourite. Um, so yeah, scraping the bottom of the barrel is a bit harsh, but uh, I, I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, yeah, I'm feeling great after that win. I think it's it's a much needed win for. I, I think the team wasn't panicking. It's it's the fan base that's been panicking a bit, and I just think it's something that you know we needed a much needed boost now after a couple of tough games. Uh, so just today, it was all about getting the three points, no matter what the score is, and we, you know we've done it in the end, and I think we thoroughly deserved it. We did absolutely. Um, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And joining Sam, um, a returning guest. Um, he was on last time for the West Ham game, so he's he's another guy that has a hundred percent winning record. Maybe, maybe the Nina Kaza show has another new lucky charm. It's an honour to introduce again Alex Malone from Copcon. Alex, welcome back. Uh, thanks, Nina. Good to be here. Oh, it's great having you back on. I mean, let's let's kind of kick this off. Um, I think we'll have some callers as well. But Alex, how how do you feel after that? I mean, before I get to our first caller, which will probably be Gags, um, I've heard from Sam there. He's just kind of relieved. Um, your just ha- your initial thoughts after that game. I think it was uh, it was never going to be pretty today. I think when you've had you know three three out of four defeats after going so long unbeaten. You want to get over the line, and uh, we managed to do it. it. It was it was tough, you know. We looked a little bit nervous in defence at times. Uh, we were obviously we were missing two of the back five, and we're missing, you know, that patrol and Jordan Henderson right in front of them. So it was never going to flow how we like it to. The team, uh, the human beings, right? If you've had three out of four defeats, mm. that's always a little concern in the back of your mind, subconsciously. Of and um, 
you know, they, they came back well after after conceding that early goal. They came back well. I'm, I'm where the winners in the end. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the goal that they scored, I mean, we'll talk about everything and all things. But first up, I'm going to go to Gags because you know what? You know, a goal was scored from pressing. He's probably bouncing. So you know what? I'm just going to give him the floor. Gags, you're, you're, you're live on my show. <laughs> well, um, I, I was hoping to give both of them as presses, but I can't give the VVD one as a press. It was an interception. But still, breaking up in, in their transition to score two goals is all everything Liverpool and everything against Eddie Howe. That's exactly what we do to Eddie Howe teams. Um, Klopp is talking, if people want to listen. Um, let me put him loud for you. We always do this sometimes. He actually does, but he doesn't really change the borders. Everybody hear him, yeah? The most league wins at yes. Quite a big step because we're talking about a famous character, a famous manager. Oh yes, oh yes, who uh, was never compared with this with this fella. So um, it's almost anyway great. Um, if it, uh, I think it was twenty three today. So we didn't think about the number before the game, but after the game, when he won the game, we think for a couple of minutes about it. It's nice. It's absolutely nice. It's special. Normal and the game today is a very good example. We have to fight hard. We are, um, we are not genius, but we we can really fight, and that's what we have to do until the end of the season. And then we see what we get. You're not thinking about the three wins to go, just Atleti in the in the middle of the week. Three wins to go. Oh no, no, no it's Atleti, one hundred percent. And and um, yeah, that's a tough one. How we know? And um, of course, they will not come here and try to play a friendly game. So um, it will be the opposite. And we today that helps 100%. Um, maybe one or two players coming back. We will see. Um, and then we have a, a good lineup. And then with Enfield, we try to to change it. Thank you very much. Welcome. I have a feeling he's he's hinting at Henderson coming back as well. But we'll um one or two players when he says that um, maybe he's talking Alisson, I don't know, but we'll, we'll get back to Atleti at the end of the pod and I'll probably come back in for that when we do talk about it, but this game, again like I said, the Eddie Howe factor, we we nailed we nailed him with those two goals, I didn't think the first goal, and I want to have a real, you guys to have a real discussion about that first goal, absolutely disgusting VAR decision against us, and how anybody now opposition fans or anyone can say that we're winning this title because of VAR is an absolute joke. We had to bail ourselves out of that game. Um, and for a team that is bang out of form, or were bang out of form, and for a team that is struggling, it looked like they were struggling, to come back after a shit decision like that, fair play to them. Because that's all what we were worried about when that first goal went in. I was questioning how they're going to come back from that. They're already down. But they prove once again that they are those mentality monsters, you know. So they've come back from it. And, and Bournemouth, to be fair to them, played really well. Like for 20% possession or whatever the number was, stupid amount. They created some quality chances today and we had to get bailed out by Milner for one. So it's a it's it's a worthy win. We, we had to scrape it. We're still ahead on the XG, 1.92 to 1.63, I think, something like that. Just about, just about scraped the win. But the big point is and it's all about the points, is that we've gone down to nine now, to single digits. They were saying this on post-match Raw in the midweek. That's a ment- that mentally is massive. To go into single digits to win the league is massive for us. It's been so long since we've been here. Three games, and that could go further down if Man United draw with City, if City drop anywhere else because they're focusing on Madrid. That could go lower. 
uh, without us doing anything. So nine points to win the league title. We're 25 points ahead of Man City. Anyone doubting any Liverpool player or the team, just look at the league table. 82 points to 57 in second place. That's fucking huge. You can't, you cannot, you cannot take anything away from these boys. Even after a horrible week, you can't. So, you know, I I just want everyone just to chill out a little bit, relax. And on Wednesday, I honestly think it's going to be crazy at Anfield. It's going to be nuts from us, from the players. I honestly think it's going to be mad. So I just hope everybody just gets the gloom off a little bit and looks at that table, looks at, you know, records like 22 wins or whatever, 23 wins as Klopp's on the bounce at home. Still massive, still doing great things. Just because a couple of losses came in doesn't take away how good and how much of an achievement this uh, this 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 season has been for them. Oh, absolutely. And and Sam, I'm going to come to you as well, because we kind of had a little chat um, uh, and Gags has kind of uh, pretty much hit the nail on the head there. We were kind of talking about um, this game and the significance of, of this win. And um, we, we were chatting um, before the pod, so we might as well go live with our thoughts. And, you know, usually you kind of look at the fixtures and you kind of think, yep, Bournemouth at home. And you're kind of thinking, yep, easy win. We, we can do that. And you, you look at where Liverpool were before this game. I mean, uh, you know, Alex spoke about, you know, some of the injuries to some of the players, you know, Henderson being out, hopefully he should be back for Atletico Madrid. You know, I think he's had a really, really impressive season and I think we really miss him. Uh, Fabinho's just coming back from injury, so he's not looking quite his usual best, you know, authoritative self. And then, you know, the big blow of Alisson, you know, that is huge. So we've had all these, all this kind of like negative news. And of course, um, you know, the, there's been news about Naby Keita's cousin as well. You know, there's been a lot of like negative, sad news. And, and then you look at this game and what was riding on it, where Liverpool were, who they've got to face next. Huge, huge points. And Gags is absolutely spot on with, you know, VAR, which we'll talk about that decision as well, but it, it turned into a massive game. Well, according to the media, you know, they, they've they been desperate to make this into a competition, this league. You know, obviously that's something they want. They don't want it to be won in March. You know, that, that's something that completely kills their stories for the rest of the season. So they, they were desperate to pile the pressure on Liverpool. Uh, you know, all do, you, story... do, you not think it was, do you not think it was big for the players in, in terms of psychological edge? Well, I, I have full faith in these players that they are made of stronger stuff than that. And they've proven it. Over a long period of time now, we're talking See? two year, two years. Um, you know, we got to the Champions League final uh, and lost to Madrid. Then we came back the following season, ninety-seven points and Champions League win. You know, and then now this season we are breaking records in the league. Uh, if we doubt the mentality of these boys at this point, I, I don't know what more we can do. So, for me, it, it was a challenge mentally today, as you said. It, it when things go wrong in football. You know, they say it never rains, it pours. And and it seemed to have been pouring on Liverpool recently. You know, a couple of rubs of the green not going away against Atletico for their goal. Um, a goalkeeping error against Chelsea, basically knocking us out of the FA Cup. Uh, today, some of the worst refereeing decisions you'll ever see, even after a replay, they still got it wrong, giving Bournemouth the early goal. All of these things going against us. A lot of teams' heads would have dropped and they would have let it get to them and, and they would have dropped points today. 
not this Liverpool team, especially not at Anfield. So, you know, for me, there was a lot of nervousness going into it. I was disappointed. You know, we'd, we'd had this poor couple of weeks, but it's something we had last season. It's something every team has at some point during the season. And they, they plan to try and peak at the key moments of the season because they know there will always be a physical drop-off. I'm hoping now that's it behind us. You know, we've got the three points today. We've had, is it five games since the break now? Um, massive, massive three points for us today. But I don't think it, it's massive for the team. I think they would have been fine anyway. It, for me, it's more the fan base. Just to kind of settle down a bit, give them a chance now to really, really get behind the team against Atletico. You know, to complain... You've heard these things, Nina, recently about people saying we might only win the league. I've been waiting 30 years for this. <laughs> yes. You know, I've been waiting 30 years for this. And if I end the season disappointed, there's something wrong with me. But it's because we're doing it so comfortably. It's bizarre. You know, we've never done it this way. We we win Istanbul three goals down and come back. You know, every time we do something, it's the hard way. So we're just not used to it. But get used to it, guys. This team is is here to stay. We've got such a great setup from top to bottom. So just we need to just get used to the fact that we are now a great side and just back the team. Absolutely. I mean, the last time Liverpool won the league, I'm pretty sure I was wetting the bed. I'm an old woman now. Maybe that's coming around to me really quick as well. I don't know. Is positive times and. Alex, I'm going to come to you. Obviously, um, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Gags kind of touched on, you know, going down to like single digits. Now it's just a, it's a countdown, and you're kind of looking at Man City. I I kind of expect Man United to get a result there. I think they're actually playing some, you know, I think Fernandez has made a bit of a significant difference in terms of how they attack and how they shape up. But it looks like it could be done really soon. And I want to get your thoughts on what. Sam has said there because you know in in his perception his mind you look at where Liverpool are now I mean they're 25 points clear but it's almost like media just any little um upset in in Liverpool's great run is um oh the wheels are falling off I want to get your thoughts on that yeah yeah Sam's right I mean the media were, were desperate for us to not win this game weren't they but um Gags mentioned it as well mentality monsters it's another game where we've won by the odd goal. And I think that's uh, over 50% of our wins now have been by, by the odd goal. But um, that's what the team's all about. They, they just keep getting the job done and they're doing it. Let's, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm just watching it on TV here, but it seemed to me that there was a, a nervousness around the, the stadium because of what had happened in the last few games. Yes. And especially when we went 1-0 down, you know, mm-hmm. you saw you saw Klopp on the sides, G in the crowd up again, saying, "Come on!" Yes. You know, and um, the players responded. I mean, they started off a bit slow, but what, as soon as that goal went in, they kicked they kicked it up to that next gear, and then we find ourselves two one up. And that's what that's what all great sides do. It's it it is inevitable that you are going to be a little bit tentative after after the last few weeks that we've had. Because you know you could say that we we didn't play a full team against Chelsea, but it's still a defeat. And they always say that you know winning is a habit, losing can can become a habit too. So to see them kick on like that, get those two goals, and then pretty much dominate the rest of the game, other than uh, you know that that out ball that 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 Bournemouth were using to that caused us, caused us a few issues. 
Um, but, you know, th- th- there was always going to be a few issues, I think, at the back with having James Milner in a, you know, he's played it before, but he hasn't played it for a long time. But it, it changes the dynamic when you get a fourth defender and a new goalkeeper, new goalkeeper, but, you know, Adrian coming back in as well. And, and Bournemouth played on that a bit, but the team, the team just doesn't know um, how to, uh, I mean, they, they just don't know when they're beaten at all. And they, they, they came through once again. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I don't think we have any callers so far lined up. So you know what? I'm going to stick with you, Alex. And um, of course, we, we, um, we got the news in, in, in the presser yesterday about, you know, certain players being out, you know, the likes of, of course, um, Alison. So Adrian's going to come in. So the team lineup, we kind of spoke about James Milner there. Let's kind of talk about the team lineup. What did you make of it? It was pretty much, it was pretty much what I was expecting. My only surprise was I thought Robbo would play, but of course we've, we, we've learned that he's got like a slight knock and Klopp is just going to keep him for, of course, the athletic game. Any surprises for you in the starting 11? Only that one, Nina. I mean, I was actually hoping that James Milner would go back into the midfield today to add that little bit of strength and a little bit of guile to the midfield mm-hmm. that we seem to have been lacking in the last couple of weeks. So, so then when I heard Robertson was out, a Milner, a Milner was. Um, oh, I can hear TV on. Uh, Mil- Milner was back at left back. Um, but then, but then I saw it, I thought, well, it is Bournemouth. They are prone to errors at the back. They don't know how to park a bus. So it made sense to me to have Ox in there and uh, give us a little bit of more of an attacking dynamic. But at the same time, I think what it did is it, it left the, the midfield a little bit exposed in not having um, that sort of strength across the three that we sometimes have, especially when Henderson's there. But, um, I mean, the, the, the front three continue to pick themselves. Um, but I think, um, I, I, I thought maybe one of them might get a break today because with Atletico coming up. And mm. let's face it, they're, they're playing almost every game, those front three. And we're getting towards the business end of the season now. And it's got to be a little bit emotionally and physically draining for them. Mm for the, the pressure to be on those same three every week up front. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. But for me, I mean, I'm going to come to Sam, but for me, you know, the front three, uh, I felt like Klopp didn't have a choice but to play them in, in a sense that, you know what, they've not looked the best the last two games and it's almost a case of play yourself into form. Um, that's That was my takeaway from the front three. You'll have your rest once we win the three. Then I don't give a crap. You know, I don't I don't care. Just win the next three games and then just focus on Champions League. Talk to me about the starting lineup. Any surprises for you? I mean, Milner midfield would have been a great shot, but, you know, with the Robbo situation, had to play him, of course. Yeah, I I personally was hoping we would get Milner left-back today because I think, you know, we, we know our left and right-backs are vital to the way we attack and I think our attack has floundered a bit of you know in the last few games so I think it's really important that we've got Robertson available and and fully fully fit for the Atletico game um and not only that I I wanted the midfield that we started with today so there wouldn't have been room for Milner but I I really thought we needed a bit of experience you know coming into this game with a few of the younger players might be slightly nervous going into it, especially with the media narrative. 
I, I thought it was vital that we we would get Milner on the pitch today. So um, for me, starting lineup wise, I, I saw it. I was really really happy with it. I think it's you know I, as you guys have said there now, very important that we can just play the front three into form. And I, I think there were green shoots of recovery showing today with with the front three, and that it's something that. It, it's really positive now going into the Atletico game that they've started to show, you know, Salah today has shown a, a much better performance than he has been recently. Man has shown glimpses as well. You know, both have got on the score sheet. So um, for me, it's just just a little bit of a shame for me not to get on the score sheet yet again. But uh, all in all, I think, you know, we, we've, we've done the job today and it's it's pretty much only the officials that could have stopped us today. Absolutely. And Alex, I'll come to you and then we'll talk about um, uh, individual performers. Another thing that I kind of noticed with the losses that we've had, I felt like the tempo wasn't quite right with the Reds. I mean, yeah, we could talk about, you spoke about the midfield there, that, you know, that it was kind of lacking guile and, you know, with Fabinho coming in, I felt like there's been, in, in the two games that we've lost and we've looked a little nervy, there's been like a bit of a big space kind of occupied um, uh, for, for the opposition in terms of where the holding midfielder is and where the defence is. And I felt, I felt like that's where teams have been kind of creeping in on us. But for me, another massive concern was tempo of the game. And I felt like the Reds kind of started off on that slow tempo again. I, I mean, you spoke about, you know, mental fatigue and the psychological element to the game. Of course, these losses affect them. They are mentality monsters, but, you know, losing hurts, especially when you are such an elite team. But I felt like for me, when, you know, we started off a little slow, I felt like, you know, the tempo was a little off for me again. I mean, would you agree or disagree? No, I'd agree. Uh, the, we started off slow, I think, in both halves. And, yes. uh, it, and we grew into, into the game twice, if, if you like. Um, the, the, the midfield piece that, that you mentioned, um, I noticed it was in. It was actually in the 46th minute, you know, first minute of injury time in the first half, where an attack broke down, and Bournemouth just literally passed it from the D straight into the centre of midfield, and Bournemouth ran at us like Ross Barkley did for Chelsea, and they were in seconds. They were they were at the edge of our box, creating creating a chance, and. That's that's the bit I think where you know where we're we're definitely missing the Jordan Henderson factor, but uh, in in terms of in terms of tempo, I, I think that comes from that little bit. Just you know, it only takes what a couple of percent um, in in terms of your mentality when you've lost a few games for that to creep in, and that's that 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 could explain it. But the good news was that in both halves, even though we started slow. We, we picked it up and ended the stronger in both halves. Absolutely. And I think that's the, the crucial thing with uh, Liverpool, isn't it? The fact that, yeah, you know, we started off a little slow. We, we got better and we grew into the game. And I feel like, you know, us conceding that goal kind of made us a little angry because, you know, VAR completely screwed us over, Sam. But one thing I have to say is when we do get the tempo, like that's when I kind of noticed that maybe Bournemouth were a little on the back foot. You know, they, they kind of couldn't deal with, you know, the, the quick crossing from Trent Alexander-Arnold, shall we say, or, you know, the, the pressing from the Reds. But when we start zipping up our attack and it start, you know, giving some kind of energy into the game, that's when you see Liverpool at their most, most best, I'd say. I mean, don't get me wrong, this game was not great by any stretch of the imagination. It was a nervy game, but it was great to see when Liverpool increased their intensity. That's when teams kind of get a bit on the back foot with us. 
Yeah, we, we definitely saw signs today of a bit of a recovery when it comes to the attack. Um, it has definitely been malfunctioning recently. I, I thought, you know, we, we messed up quite a few counter-attacks today yet again. You know, we're not 100% firing in that area, but there are definite signs that it's improving. Uh, and, you know, it, it's something that we're we're going to need now if we're going to be playing Atletico, we're going to be sitting back. Um, Bournemouth actually sat back a lot more than I expected today, but, and, and they did play really well. But if, if you think about this performance, this is pretty much how we've played the whole season so far. Mm. Um, the amount of games we've won by just the one-goal margin is incredible. And that just goes to show the confidence that we have you know, in our two centre-backs who were just absolutely fantastic again today, I thought. You know, we, we saw when Lovren came into the team how difficult it is to defend in this Liverpool team. I, I did feel sorry for Lovren. I, I, I tweeted a joke and it got a bit of venom off a few people because I was having a go at him. But basically, it just goes to show how much Klopp is asking of the centre-backs in this setup. You know, we play so far up that any ball in behind, you've really got to show your pace, uh, you've got to show composure, and you've really got to be able to play the ball from the back on the ground really well. And I thought Van Dijk and especially Gomez were excellent at that today. So, you know, it, it's it's really, really good signs today. I think it was a, a really big step in the right direction. And it, it's, you know, we, we know the league's been won for a little while but regardless of that, I think it's it's still something we needed today to go into that game on Wednesday with the three points under our belt. Uh, another home game now. And I think if you thought today might have been slightly improved on the West Ham game when it came to the crowd noise, just look out for Wednesday. Absolutely, I'll be there. And Sam, sticking with you, let's kind of talk about some of our players. And I'll start with um, Adrian first and foremost. Um, let's start from the goalkeeper. Uh, you know, had a bit of a... A little bit of a blunder against Chelsea, so you know maybe the confidence wasn't you know quite high, and then you hear the news that Allison's out, so you know you, you know you're sticking with them. Um, Adrian, he is a fabulous number two. Let's you know let's get that out of the way, and let's not forget when um, Allison got injured on the first game of the season, he literally signed one day, was sat on the bench thinking, yeah, I'm just going to keep the bench warm. Got called into action, you know was. Part and crucial of that winning, you know, of that winning glory, um, uh, massive in the Super Cup as well. In this game, I thought he had a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there was a, I think it was in the first half where he could have caught the ball. Um, instead he punches it out, but then it kind of resulted to a corner and then he, he fists it out again. And, you know, we kind of go on a counter. Nothing came of it. But for me, he started off a little nervy, but I wasn't too mad at him because I do believe that he is a very, very good number two. Definitely. Um, I, I just think when you're comparing your goalkeeper to the best goalkeeper in the world, um, everything is, is in comparison to that. So, Alison, you're not going to get a better goalkeeper than him. And not only is he brilliant at actually doing the simple things like catching the ball when people are shooting at him, rather than spilling it and you know knocking over corners and things. But he's also fantastic with his feet, which also helps the attack. Um so you know we we've got to put it in perspective. For a second choice goalkeeper, he's not bad. You know, it was a howler against Chelsea. There's no two ways about it. And he is prone to the odd one, but 
you know, you've seen De Gea this season, how many mistakes he's made, and people have called him the best goalkeeper in the year in, in the world for the last ten years. So um it's all about perspective, I think. And we, we could do a lot worse than Adrian. He is ten times better than Mignolet for us as well. Because one thing he can do is he, he will try to play the ball out with his feet. You know, he's decent with his feet. He he's not brilliant. Uh when when the shots are coming at him, he, he'll very rarely catch it and he and he will parry it. But he is someone who is more than an able deputy. Um just to point out he's played it must be nine or ten games in the Premier League this season now after that Allison injury early in the season. Mm. Around that mark and he's won every single one. Because uh, he wasn't playing in the Man United game uh, where we drew one all. Alisson was back by that point. So we haven't dropped a single point in the Premier League with uh, with Adrian in the starting lineup. So, you know, it's obviously not making that much of an impact on us. So I think it's something we, we don't need to panic about. If worst comes to worst and, and uh, Alisson isn't quite ready for the game on Wednesday, so be it. Klopp's got faith in Adrian. We should all have it too. And uh, just want to point out as well, we've had Kev on the messages. Um, he's requested, taking the piss clearly of my accent, um, he's requested that I just say Alison Becker once for the fans. It's one of his favourite things. So I, I don't know what he means by that. I don't know if he's got some sort of Welsh accent fetish. But uh, there you go, Kev. <laughs> You know what, Sam? I'm I'm gonna say something to you. You know, because I'm gonna make this lighthearted. I listened to a podcast with you once, and it was Klopp was in charge, but it was when he took over over from the Brendan Rodgers team, and you said, um, uh, I think Lalana. You you were talking about Lalana, and you got the problem with Lalana is a lot of our fans think he's uh, Zidane, and he's not. It was the way you said it, and I was kissing myself, (laughs) laughing. It was. It's the best thing ever, literally the best thing ever. But yeah, I think I think there's a fair few people that do have a Welsh accent <laughs> fetish, and and, you know, and, you know, and if you're entertainment, Nina, that's fine. I for don't my mind. entertainment, is... I'll, if we can just crop me saying Alison Becker for Kev, he can put it as his like text uh, ringtone. Then whenever he gets a text through, uh, you get a nice Welsh accent saying that, and he can do what he wants with it. <laughs> okay then okay to balance the welsh accent let's go to the scouse accents and alex i'm gonna to come to you uh give me your thoughts on adria i think that's a really good stat by sam there that he's you know been part of you know the 100 percent winning streak for, for for liverpool like he's got 100 percent record a bit like you on this show you know the the, the maybe the lucky charm and um I want to get your thoughts on him and uh, how confident would you be if he is you know the num- the starting keeper against Atletico Madrid? Uh, well, I think first thing to say, Sam sort of mentioned it, but you know when our backup goalkeeper is only of the same standing as David De Gea, we're we're doing all right, aren't we? Um, he's he is prone to the the odd error, but he's also um, a, a really quite solid keeper. I think some of his decisions today were probably because of the howler against Chelsea. And the last thing a goalkeeper wants to do is drop a ball at someone's feet and then it becomes two howlers in two games. So he, he chose he chose to punch. But the other thing that I was, I was quite impressed with him today was Bournemouth were using that long ball quite effectively because we do play such a high line. And he did some really good sweeping up at the back 
coming out at the right time, good decision making. You know, he, he became the sweeper keeper a couple of times and 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 got rid of the danger. Um, he's he's a he's a good shot stopper. He's he doesn't have that, you know, that Allison technique of 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 pushing it away from danger or or you know it sticks to him. Mm-hmm. But he is a good. He is a good. He is. And a he's good, improved uh, with his feet as well, hasn't he? I mean, like when he first came in, he looked a bit, you know, you know, a little uncomfortable with his feet. But as he started playing more games with the Reds, and he knew what was required of him in this setup, he got better with his feet. He has definitely, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. The first, the first sort of set of games he had when when Alison got injured early on, that he didn't look comfortable there at all. But he, he looked far more comfortable today in that role. He did, absolutely. I think, takes, I think he always gets a bit, you know, it takes him time. It takes him mm. some time to just adjust to the team when he comes in. So, you know, he had a he had a rough game against Chelsea to start with, made a save, then conceded a horrible goal, which even Klopp said, you know, maybe he was a bit unsighted. But then, um, you know, he went on to make some big saves against Chelsea. We could have lost that 4-0 if it wasn't for him. And then in this one, like like we say, you know what well, we can't. When we've got Alisson, you get spoiled. But when what Sam just said about Mignolet, how can we complain when we've got rid of the calamity that was Mignolet? And I always tried to get these digs in. I know, and I'm sorry, Mignolet Simon, he's a lovely lad, but a terrible goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I, I watched him uh, Bruges against Man United, <laughs> and oh my god, I was like, you know what, God, you've been you've been kind to us. So basically, he's just um, we can't really complain when Adrian comes in and. And we haven't lost a game with him in the league and or dropped points. And it's not conventional what he does. Everything punching everywhere. Almost led to a counter today. It'd be been better with one of them. But it's got the job done, I suppose. So the one that he punched onto the bar, like that that was almost another Chelsea, uh, you know, fumble. The, the shot that he yep. hit, it was straight at him and he went onto the bar. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit myself with that one. But yeah, I mean... We got to get better with it, and uh, I hope I hope he gets some confidence in, ahead of Atletico. But more more the the worry more worry is the atmosphere and stuff like that for Atletico. But I don't think that's going to be the case on a Wednesday night. Everyone's going to be nuts, and I think you will get a real charged up performance from the from the Reds as well. So yeah, don't worry about that. Just gotta we just gotta stop making mistakes. That's the thing. We don't switch off if a decision doesn't go your way. And I'm sure you're going to talk about that in a second when uh, your next call is ready to call in. Absolutely. Nina, yeah. Nina, just just a point, just a point about Atleti. I think um, the one concern is going to be Diego Costa. You know, he's uh, he, he. You know what he's like, and he'll use every trick in the book. And he, I think, I think he may well um, go after him from from the likes of free kicks and corners and try and ruffle his feathers. But um, I think, I think, I think he's got it to cope. Yeah, I think he's got it to cope as well. And you're, you're absolutely spot on. And you were very nice there because he's a bit of a nasty bastard. Let's be honest. We, we know all about Diego Costa, but he's got to get through the first line of entry first words of Van Dyke. And, you know, he's, he's no mug. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, which tees me up nicely, but let's talk about the defense and we'll kind of talk about the, the VAR decision. And I will bring in my first caller as well. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll introduce my first caller anyway. It is my co-editor, my um, good cop. To, he's the good cop to my bad cop. It's Guy Drinkle. Guy, join us. Hello. It's been a while. 
It has been a while. It's great to have you on. I thought we'd, we'll deal with your call first because I know you're a busy bee with all the post-match stuff. So get it off your chest because you can't speak about it afterwards. Yeah, it was a strange game. I think it was a mix of good and bad. Um, but to just be negative and all that, what what was your thoughts on Fabinho? Because I've I've always I've kind of blew off the concerns about him since he's came back and looked a tad rusty. But I think today it was almost boiling point might be a strong word for it. But I think I, there's no I'm no concerned about the Atletico game for him because he, albeit I don't think everyone played well. He was the main takeaway for me in terms of just the performances like I don't think I, I'm I'm thinking I can't trust him in the Atletico Madrid game now because he was mm. just so sloppy it, like he was giving them opportunities like I think the I think it was the Wilson who had a chance in the second half he just looked so sloppy and obviously Atletico is such a big game in terms of giving giving the ball away and giving shots away I, I'm, I'm thinking whether it's Henderson coming back into the team if he's fit now but even if it's not Henderson I'd I'm going into that game thinking I'd rather have Ginny as the six or something like that. You know what? Really, really interesting question. I mean, we've gone a bit backwards on this podcast, but what we will do is um, I'll, we'll address it straight away whilst you're on, and I know you've got run off. Sam, I'm going to come to you. Now, we, we spoke about the gap between the defence and the midfield, and, you know, um, Alex kind of pointed, pointed that out as well. Now, for me, I, I've, I've kind of noticed that, you know, Fabinho's not been his usual authoritative self. Then I saw a tweet from Simon Brundish saying that this is his first lengthy injury. So we need to take that into consideration how his body's reacting as well. And I feel like maybe another reason why we're kind of getting really exploited in that position is the fact that the tempo hasn't been great from our team. So if the, cause he's set up to play kind of a bit of a high line, you play a high line if your tempo is quick zip, right? And the tempo's not been there. So if we're playing really slow, kind of lethargic football and our fullbacks are being snuffed out, it kind of puts a lot of emphasis on the central part of the pitch, which is where we've been cost, where we've been kind of lacking creativity for most parts. And also we've been exploited and a little bit found out. I want to get your thoughts on Fabinho. Now, for me, I think if we play fast counter-attacking football against Atletico Madrid, because if we play a slow game, we play into their hands. Let's be honest, they, they'll love that all day, every day. Because as soon as they got that early goal against us, for me, they were quite happy to sit deep and park the bus and not let us do anything. We need to be fast and zippy. It is crucial. So we won't get counter-attacking opportunities. They don't want to come into our half. So for you, Fabinho's fine? Yeah, they're not going to come into our yeah. half at all. They won't, they'll just sit back as they are now, as they did in the first game. They'll, they've got something to defend. They will not come to attack. They're not silly. Simeone is like... The, the specialist at this, he's just not gonna, he's just not gonna engage. He's just, just gonna be only way he comes out is if we score early. Otherwise, he's just gonna sit there with his team. There's gonna be no chance of counter attacking. I don't think. Uh, for a second, I thought, what happened to Sam Evans' voice? <laughs> <laughs> you just you said talking about counter attacking. I don't see it. I just don't Gag, see Gag. it happening. Gags's Welsh accent needs a bit of work. Mm. Uh, just just a tad, you know, he's just killed the Welsh fetish there. But Sam, <laughs> to you with that question about Fabinho, is it a concern for you? If Ginny plays, the, the six and Henderson isn't fit, you know, we, 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 you know, who, I mean, like, to answer Guy's question, how, how would you set up? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? I'm always intrigued to hear other people's alternatives in the midfield because that's where I feel like where most of the questions are asked of this team. You know the team, you know how Klopp is going to play, but it's always, oh, what midfield is he going to go with? 
And, and it's a combination of factors. Um, I, I think he's still carrying that injury slightly and maybe being a bit more cautious with it. Um, that, that's a great point as well. That he, His injury record in his whole career has been fantastic. So um, if this is the longest layoff he's ever had, it might be taking a bit longer than you'd have hoped for him to get back into the, into the flow of things. Um, another factor, he's been very much used to having Henderson beside him, who, you know, doesn't matter how much you rate him or, or don't, he's very much a, a vocal person in the midfield. And, and maybe he, the, the balance in the midfield hasn't quite been right, so he's had to do a lot more work and it makes him look a lot worse. The team hasn't been playing well over the last five games in general, not just himself. So that's always going to put him in a poor position and maybe expose him a lot. But but also, I, I don't think he was that bad today. I don't know if I it's something I didn't particularly notice anyway. Um, I thought he was fine today. Um, he didn't have that much to do defensively, really. I, I thought he was okay. To me, I didn't think he gave the ball away that many times. Um, so I don't I don't think there's a major problem there. It's something that we just need to keep playing him. And we, we've always said this, right? Klopp plays a style of football where if one small thing is badly wrong in the team, it can all fall to pieces and, and go terribly wrong. This midfield, we play a midfield three. A lot of teams play four or five against that three. So the amount of work we're asking those guys to do is, is incredible. So um, sometimes it it isn't it doesn't make those players shine as well as you'd expect, and and people can underrate the job that they're doing for this team. You know, Wijnaldum, Henderson, and now Fabinho all get a lot of stick from the fan base for apparently not doing enough. It's clear that they are doing a job for the team overall, and they're trying to do a role to, in order to set a good platform for the front three. So I, I just think it's something like that, really. It's not something I'm worried about. Um, it would be nice if he can kind of show a, a bit more of the attacking flair that he has shown as well on top of his defensive work, because you, you know he's got an eye for a great ball forward. We haven't seen too much of that recently, but to be fair, the, the attack has been malfunctioning as a whole. So, you know, for me, Personally, not really something to worry about too much. You know what? I'm just having wonderful flashbacks of that thunder bastard against Man City from Fabinho. Alex, I'm going to come to you. I've just read a tweet from James Pierce, the the the, the poster boy for LFC News. Jordan Henderson back in full training at Melwood tomorrow. Gags has just put in the chat box as well. He suspects the midfield would be Ginny Fab. And Hendo, I want to get your thoughts on Fabinho and, um, you know, some of the points that we've kind of raised as well, like from Simon Brundish, that this is his first injury. We don't know how his body's dealing with it. And also, you know, kind of how the midfield and things have been quite disruptive in terms of, you know, constantly changing up the players and that kind of affects. I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when, when Fabinho first came to the club, he, he took a little time to certainly look a little slow. And I must admit, at the time, I had concerns if he could get to the right pace of the game. After a long, after it's already been said, but it, you know, it's the longest injury he's had. Uh, he's still just trying to find his feet a little bit. It wasn't so much me on the ball today. He, I think he was okay on the ball. It was it was the lack of balance that affected him. So he was caught out positionally a, a, a few times. But that again can be expected. You know, Liverpool's game is based on the two flying fullbacks 
and a very, very balanced midfield. And that, that has kind of been taken away by um, Robertson not being available. Milner did a great job, by the way. I'm not saying he didn't, but you don't get the same dynamic. And then having that uh, Henderson factor, and Henderson mops up so much, but the whole balance of the team relies on the flying wingers and the, and the front three interchanging. And um, maybe maybe that's where Fabinho plus his injury was just struggling a little bit today. The the one the one thing I would say about against Atleti, I totally agree with Gags that uh, they're not going to even come out the shelf. So I don't worry about him. But also on the few occasions where they do get forward. There's no one better in our team than Fabinho at matching their dirty tricks. He's, uh, he's, he, he's the one player that we've got who knows when to, who knows when to boot, kick that player, you know, who, who, who's, up, who's up for the scrap. I don't think over the last, you know, multiple years we've had enough of those players, but him and James Milner are two of them and could be essential against Atleti. I agree. You know, to match them nasty bastards, you need nasty bastards. I think yeah. Fab. I think Fab. I think um, what you said about Ender doing a lot of the mopping up, he's been playing a lot more forward. But I think Fab did used to do that a lot more. But I think since he's come back, I mean, today was it was such a mixed performance guy from Fab. Uh, it was mm. only towards the end of the game where he started. He is not doing any flying challenges. He's not yeah. stepping into intercept anymore. The passing is sideways and backwards. He's turned into Henderson of old. They've switched. And that, that's They've switched my bodies. They've switched yeah. bodies. It, it's, and there's no forward passing as much as there used to be. The looping pass over the top. The pressing's there, but it's not within as much verve. Um, this is just off the first viewing. Obviously, I'll watch it again in a minute. But um, I'm a massive Fabinho fan. Mm. And I think there's there's definitely... Not, it's just form. It's just form and confidence. If against Atletico in the first few minutes, he can go in with a big challenge like he did against um, Suarez last year in the semi. If he can go in and win a big tackle, I think you'll see a, a different fab again. It's one of those things that he just needs something to go his way. You know, I mean, you know, you know that after that game. big tackle, that scream in his face, I loved that. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't do it. He hasn't done it. For, it doesn't feel yeah. like I've seen anything from him for a while. But today, especially, everything was really safe. I said it in the Discord chat when we were watching the game together, everybody. With everyone, I thought he was playing everything really safe, even when the ball came to him. Yeah, he, he got played some really bad passes and he, and he did well with them. But a couple of times he chased the wrong man and they played it in behind and he was out of position, but again, I suppose when he's on his own in there, because even Ginny was playing a really advanced game, I thought today. So with Ox and um, with Ox and Ginny going for the further forward, you kind of leave Fab really isolated. So score game, update! Score update! Atletico Madrid are losing to Sevilla at home. Sorry, just got to put that in there. Um, I just think that they, you know, he has been in the last couple of games really isolated, and people are just over-egging that bit a little bit. He looks shit. He looks really shit. But when you're on your own in midfield, it's hard. And everybody are trying to attack to go and get goals when you're losing. Makes it look really bad. But today, he was definitely playing passively. I think the lose, the losing, you know, a couple of games or three out of four has probably caught up with everyone. And he just wants to... And maybe he's been told to play safe today. Maybe mm. he's been told, you know, I don't. we don't want to mess anything up. Just keep it simple. Keep it easy. Who knows? But definitely <laughs> felt like... Definitely felt like a little bit you know, less than normal from from Fab. So I do hope on Wednesday comes comes out flying and 
bang, you know, off we go and he's back to normal again. But uh, maybe sliding Hendo in next to him will give him a bit of a cushion as well. So, you know, okay. a lot of people a lot of people um, have been shouting at Hendo that he, he shouts too much on the pitch. But maybe he makes sure that none of these boys' heads go down. Maybe he makes, he makes sure that um, everybody's in the right position. Maybe, just maybe, you know, he's a good leader. And what he doesn't have in football talent, he makes up with organization and and leadership. Who knows? But um, you've got to you, you've got to when they're together, he looks better. Fab looks better. So let's hope um, let's hope Hendo's back Wednesday and and we see a real uh, a return to Fab as well, the real Fab. So, but like I said, the pressing hasn't gone down. He's been still top presser in most games. It's that crunch, you know, that we haven't seen as much. So I hope he gets back into that. Guy, I'll let you have the final word before we carry on. Yeah, you did a score update, so I'll do one for the scouted fans. Middlesbrough are winning the Leroy Lita derby. So there you go. Look at this. Sky Sports News, watch this space. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Thank you, Guy. Get back to editing now. (laughs) (laughs) Cheeky cow. Cheeky cow. Take care, Guy. See you later. Cheeky cows. Right, let's kind of talk about the defence now. Um, Guy throwing me off my A game there. Alex, I'll come to you. Talk to me about the defence. Joe Gomez, he came in for Chelsea. We were kind of, you know, I think Sam kind of touched on Lovren coming in and, you know, kind of un, 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 un sort of um, unnerving the balance of, you know, a, a quite a harmonious defence. But Joe Gomez was playing against Chelsea. Uh, he didn't look like his usual self. Talk to me about the, the defence today because, you know what, let's kind of talk about VAR as well and that push on Gomez. It was a clear foul. Michael Oliver was in the, the VAR room. Um, I'm going to quote Gigi Buffon and say, yes, the man does have a dustbin heart. He's usually a really good referee, but he kind of screwed that one up. But what I found absolute staggering after that was the, the incidence of us kind of pretty much just ball watching or, you know, n- not switching on to what was going on around us, you know, kind of losing our heads a little. Talk to me about the defence. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. The again, back to balance, and um, the, the 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 other issue that we've got right is that uh, we have conceded what seven goals in the last three games, and again, it's gonna it's gonna play on your mind um, after what nine or ten clean mm-hmm. sheets in a row. Um, Bournemouth uh, offered a lot of for sort of physicality up front, and um, people would run out, you know. People run at the fence more than I'd say they, they generally do, and uh, but I think I think it really was more the fact that there's there's that there's that thing in the back of your mind when you've conceded seven goals in three games that you you don't have that same poise as, as you normally do. Can I just move on to the VAR decision? Of course. Um, I think we're 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 becoming a victim of VAR VAR now. You you know there's even an advert on on the radio about um, it's as inevitable as Liverpool getting a VR, VR decision every single week. And I think it's um, it, it may be doing us a little bit of harm now, but people are not giving us things they should. It was an absolute clear, clear foul. I mean, how, how on earth? And, and I think, you know, people always talk, We even we've just done it, we talk about VAR. It's not VAR, is it? It's, 
it's the incompetence of the officials. Yep. Because it's not VAR's fault that Michael Oliver is sitting there and ruling that not a foul. It was supposed mm-hmm. to come in so that these things, though they talk about, you know, it's a terrible term, clear and obvious, because it's so open to interpretation. But that was as clear and obvious as it gets. I mean, if the first fellow missed it on the field, the second one surely shouldn't. But, you know, maybe we're becoming a bit of a, it's, it's this stigma that we've got now that Liverpool keep getting all these decisions, which is bullshit, by the way. We're not. Um, we've, we've been on the wrong end of so many of these, these calls. But that one was just a plain and simple error. And there's, there's got to be, there's got to be some, discussions go on, on in, in the referees association or whatever it's called to to ask these questions about how can such blatant errors be allowed to stand you know what i absolutely fucking love the fact that you've brought a new angle in terms of var and how it kind of subconsciously has now affected people thinking hang on we can't give them decisions i didn't even think of that i i i always speak about that when it came to you know more salah being a diver or sadio mane being a diver and those players not getting decisions from the referees great shout sam i mean for me it felt like handshakes were off the menu and pushing was pretty much allowed in that game because that was a massive foul but you know just talk to me about the the decision and also the you know it was our lack of defending after that it was almost like we were kind of waiting and banking on you know the ref to call it I mean by the way the ref had a really shit game and he was absolutely shocking but talk to me about that situation because it was huge and I think you Gads and Alex have all three of you have said that could have been the turning point where heads could have dropped yeah exactly it's, it's it was a disgraceful decision it was clear as day absolutely no excuse for the referee not to give that right but as you said uh, yeah, Gags pointed out he's the referee from Salford. Uh, there seems to be a lot of greater Manchester area referees that we were getting in recent times and we're having a lot of really poor decisions against us. But uh, as you said, the media narrative, because we've been so good, the, the Liverpool bullshit has been going on about us being favoured by VAR. But if you if you see, there's been loads of stats put out there. Liverpool are pretty much mid-table for VAR overturns actually benefiting them. Um, I think it's only one point up we are, whereas Man United are about eight points up um, on, on VAR. So it, it's clearly bullshit. But it's something that can sometimes get into officials' heads. Um, I don't know if you follow Paul Tompkins on uh, Twitter, but he, he's he's often po- pointed out that Liverpool never seem to get cop end penalties or, or penalties at Anfield at all, due to the narrative that Liverpool get a lot of home decisions and they always you know give them penalties and things. It, it's not the case whatsoever, but you know you can see referees then coming in and and trying to prove a point that they're not going to be a homer at Anfield because it's known for his great atmosphere and I'm not going to be influenced. Blah blah blah. But they're ending up just giving the underdogs uh, a chance and trying to give them a leveller by letting them get away with these fouls, which are clearly blatant. But the most annoying thing, as you said there, Michael Oliver, usually a really, probably the best referee in the league. Um, He's the guy on the VAR. And I don't want him hiding behind the clear and obvious 
bullshit. You know, as as you guys have pointed out there now, that in itself is problematic. Calling it, you need to be clear and obvious because that's uh, different interpretations for everyone. But it was clear to see the guy has pushed him in the back with zero attempt to actually go for the ball. That should have been overturned, even with the clear and obvious thing in place. So for me, it, we've still got a major problem with the VAR officials. They don't want to undermine the referee on the pitch and overturn things unless it, it's major, major, major. And for me, that was major today, but clearly not big enough. So it, they don't want to... Because they're thinking when they referee a game next and say, no, the shoe's on the other foot and that referee is the VAR guy, he might overturn him and make him look stupid. But for me, right, I'm a big rugby fan and there's a big game coming up later on today, which I'm slightly shitting bricks about England, obviously. Um, you see in rugby, the, the, the guys in the video ref booth are there to help the referee and that's how the referee takes it. They don't take it as... I've made a shit decision and you've made a clown of me. They've made it as I didn't quite see it properly and you've helped me make sure I got the right decision. And the sooner they get on board with that in football, the better, where they're actually working as a team and actually trying to get the right decision rather than to protect their own egos. And that's, I think, the biggest problem we have at the moment. Yeah, I think Gags has just said all boys club there and, you know, he didn't rather um obviously the referees have got to stick together which is absolutely ridiculous that's the whole purpose of the AR that you can correct each other and become better you know that's what it all comes down to okay I want to kind of quickly just map up the defense I think we spoke about it I thought for me Joe Gomez looked a little rusty you could tell that he's carrying something if he's not fit maybe then play Joe Matip hopefully he comes back to fitness because he has been phenomenal and he's been fantastic uh, for me, um, Alex, let's just quickly touch on this. Um, what I noticed was in the second half, I thought, you know, Virgil van Dijk just started to get better. He was like sort of um, close to his man. You know, he, he picked up his game and I got a mention. My God, uh, we spoke about this, but Bournemouth, every time they had the ball, I think Gags mentioned it, every time, you know, they had very little possession, but they looked quite threatening in attack. James Milner, the athleticism on that man at the age of 34, clearing it off the line. I mean, yet yeah, sometimes we looked a little ropey, but when it mattered, the, the boys were switched on. James Milner was fantastic today. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in, a, in a, a position he hasn't played for quite a while, his, his experience... Him being the one that's won a Premier League before it all shone through. There was there was a phase if you watch the game back between minutes sixty and sixty four. It started with him, him cleaning it off the line. Then he there's a corner. I think it was a corner. It was a cross in anyway, and he beats Ake to the header. You know, and Ake's a big lad. He then goes and he wins a free kick high up the field by using his guile, because he uh, he barely got clipped, but he got the free kick. And then he was the one who whipped a cracking free kick in. All, all in the space of three or four minutes, he does four very different things exceptionally well. And it, and then at the end of the game, we're into we're in added time, and he's over there telling Mane to, hey, don't be thinking about trying to get a third goal here. We're 30 seconds away from a win. And he was the one, again, who calmed it all down, stopped it, kept the ball in the corner and saw the game out. He was, he was head and shoulders to me, the, uh, 
I know you always end with man of the match, I think, but he was he was brilliant. Giving away spoilers there, Alex. Hold it till the end of the pod. And Sam, I'll come to you because for me, James Milner, he for me as the game progressed, he just got better and better and better. Definitely. You know, we, we touched on this earlier. I, I think we really needed a bit of experience in the team today just to settle the nerves, have someone to talk us through it. And Milner's been invaluable for that over the last couple of seasons. You know, you, there's been a few tweets. I'll, I'll retweet it again later. Um, showing Milner pre-game today. He's talking everyone through everything. I, I just think his experience is so valuable when we've got these long long, long seasons where, you know, we, we do get tough times like this and this is the toughest time we've had all season. We've had everything our own way before now. So when things are going wrong, it's the old heads that you need in there. And, you know, with the uh, injury to Henderson, maybe we've missed a bit of that. So it, it was perfect timing to get him in today now for when we needed to rest Robertson. Um, you know, some of the things Milner did today was just exceptional, uh, obviously highlighted by that fantastic goal line clearance that he managed to get away for us and, and, and save the three points. But it wasn't just that. Some of the massive tackles he was putting in, you know, he puts his body on the line, he, he runs relentlessly, he's got quality crossing the ball in. You know, he's, he's never going to have the pace of Robertson or quite be the same kind of attacking outlet that he can be. But he's such an intelligent footballer and he will run all day for you and he will fight and as you guys have touched on there as well, he will make the correct decisions at the correct time. You know, we had that free kick in the corner with a minute left and that ball was not leaving that area until the final whistle's gone. And that is just something that, you know, younger players might be just thinking, we want to get a, I want to get a goal here, there's a chance for a goal. Let's get the three points. And that's what Miller brought home for us. So uh, I thought he was excellent today. He was, and let's kind of talk about the midfield now. Um, uh, we, we kind of spoke about Fabinho, but Sam, what did you make of the balance of Ginny and Ox? Uh, I thought they were both quite advanced. Um, uh, you know, they, I thought Ginny looked like his usual better self. Um, talk to me about the midfield balance. I mean, for you, was it there? Wasn't it there? For me, it was the midfield that I would have started with, and it kind of, given the circumstances with the injuries, I wasn't surprised seeing them play. But for me, I thought Ox was always trying to play you know, a great cross. He was trying to always find his man. Sometimes the quality of the final ball was a little disappointing, but I, th- I feel like that's something that has been a bit of an issue for this team for some games now. And I felt like, you know, the goals that came, and we'll talk about them when we speak about the attack, the goals came from, you know, great great pressing and such things. But as a whole, for me, the decision-making in the final third wasn't the best. And I don't think the midfield contributed to that. But as a whole, in terms of a setup, I thought they did really well. Yeah, as as mentioned earlier, I think today was kind of a stereotypical game where the midfield are doing their job by making sure that we do dominate the game. And, you know, if, if you're looking at the match stats, we, we've ended up with nearly 75% possession in that game. It, it just shows that they, they've done a great job in, in keeping Bournemouth from having the ball for any sort of length of time. And also, you know, passing was decent today, short passing. Um, we we made sure that we kept the ball taking over, but you know there's definitely issues there regards to to going forward. There's a few maybe a bit of a confidence issue. Ox was trying things. Um, it wasn't quite his day today, but that's something you're always going to get with Ox. 
and it's something that I do like. Um, you just have to accept, a bit like Salah, that he's going to try difficult things and it's going to mean that he's going to lose the ball a lot and, and do some things that can look quite poor at times. I don't mind that because if you've just got a team full of people playing safe, you, you're, you're never going to create anything. So um, it, it was an improvement, shall we say, on the last few games. But, you know, we've we've got a long way to come. Um for me, the midfielder that's got the biggest X factor of the lot is Naby Keita. But as we know, he, he's bizarrely, you know, he's another, he had an excellent injury record before we signed him, as every player that we seem to sign, apart from maybe Oxley Chamberlain, has had. And he's come to us and he's had injury after injury that's kind of prevented him from being able to have a lengthy period in the team. He's someone I'm desperate to get fully fit. I don't know whether it is going to finally work out for him at this club. I really hope it will because when he's in the team, I think he, he does things a lot quicker, a lot sharper and, and he, he can run past players as if they're not there and maybe that's something we, we have lacked at times. Absolutely. And you know what? Score update, Atletico Madrid are winning 2-1 and Guy has just put in there that I jinx Sevilla. Sevilla are just jokes. I'm sorry. I'm Disgrace, we're not going to do that. And Alex, I'm going to come to you, talk to me about the midfield because on paper you would think it has the perfect blend. You've got the shield in terms of Fabinho, you've got the industry and the recycling of the football in terms of Ginny Wijnaldum, and then you've got the directness and the creativity of Oxlade-Chamberlain. On paper it should work, it usually does work, and we've spoken about Naby Keita there as well. He's got the dribbling aspect. Um, what did you make of, of them? Because I thought, you know, the quality of the final ball wasn't the best from our midfield. But for me as a whole, in terms of functionality, for me, I thought it did work. I think, um, I think Ginny had a, had a, a pretty good game. Um, he had, he had mm-hmm. what, what I would call a, a home performance from him um, because he does tend to not... Which is crucial because he's had a few bad games, hasn't he? So it's good to see him come back to that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would actually rate him the highest of, of the three in terms of his performance on the day. Um, you know, we we talked about Fabinho earlier, just a little off it, um, and and Ox, and 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 I do agree with Sam. He does offer that 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 bit that's different than any other player. The thing, I, if I was coaching him now, I would I would I would talk to him about his decision making at times because. There are times to release the ball, and there are times to try that that you know exquisite pass or threading it through the eye of a needle or whatever it is. And it's times not to. I think sometimes today he tried things that weren't on, and it. I think it sometimes ended up with with the midfield being a little exposed when when the turnover happened because we had we pushed so many men forward, and what you what you get again when when Jordan Anderson is there is. Is you get ongoing recycling of the ball, kind of um, teasing a defence and knocking the ball around uh, until an opening comes and then and then going after that opening. Sometimes Ox can be a little impatient, and um, I think he, he he was guilty of that a few times today, and probably led to a couple of a couple of opportunities where Bournemouth were able to break out. But um, we we've talked about it already a few times. Uh, just needs a little bit, little better balance. With Ginny and, and and Ox were playing quite advanced today, which um, maybe one of them could have could have dropped a little deeper and and helped to to stop those gaps in the centre of the field a little more. 
yeah, just some fine tuning. It'll be really interesting to see how we kind of go forward with the 34 Athletic game if the news is positive with the midfield and, you know, Jordan Henson see how his recovery goes. Alex, I'm going to stick to you. Talk to me about the attack because for me, against Watford, they weren't great. Um, of course, we lost that game to Chelsea, you know. Um, uh, today, um, uh, two of them getting on the scoring. Um, uh, Sadio Mane, Mola, Roberto Firmino still searching for that home goal. You know, did, did, did a few nice things, sometimes disappeared as well. But talk to me about the front three in terms of... Um, how they look today because I took a lot of positive from their performances because they were making something out of nothing situations, which is positive for me because that's what I expect from our front three. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, isn't it? Um, they're getting criticised, and yet the you know Manny and Salah both get on the score sheet today, and Manny gets an assist, although um, he, he <laughs> it was the, the best assist. assist ever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but 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 the positive for me was um, Mo Salah seemed to be getting finding his feet again and getting back to his best in terms of his runs, his energy, um, and, and and wanting to create. Uh, I I thought he was quite unselfish today in a lot of, a lot of situations. He he was he was trying to find that man. It didn't didn't come off on a few times, but but I was I was quite encouraged by him. Um, mm. I thought. Same, same with Mane. I think um, Mane had a more encouraging performance. Finished his goal fantastically. Uh, I fully expected him to put it in when I saw him running at the goal because he, he was he was so clear headed and calm. And and we we know with with Firmino, it's it's got to be playing on his mind now that he's gone twelve months at Anfield without a, without a Premier League home home goal, and uh, he had you know he had a a guilt-edged opportunity at the end. And um, I think even the commentator said if that was away from home, it was in the back of the net. But he, he just snatched it a bit because he wants that home goal. But he he, he did, uh, you're right, Nina, he, he he had a couple of times in the game where he, he seemed to just um, be on the periphery of it for a while. And then, of course, with, with Bobby, you know, he, he, he does that one moment of class where he flicks it over his head and then, um, he fires it across goal, and Sadio just can't get on the end of it. But definitely an an improvement on on what we have seen recently. Um, we have to f- remember though that this is Bournemouth, you know. Who um, I was speaking with Gags yesterday, but they don't really know how to park a bus um, very well at all. And um, so we we were going to get those opportunities for the front three because of potential errors. By Bournemouth, and, and so it turned out. But uh, but it was good to see, and, and it'll it'll give them encouragement going into Wednesday. Absolutely, and um, I have to agree with them, uh, Bobby. I thought you know maybe sometimes his passing, you know, it, it was getting cut out too easy. He wasn't quite making the right decision. Then he'd do a gorgeous flick, and it'd be stunning. I mean, some of the link up play at times as well was just kind of missing a goal. It wasn't the best vintage Liverpool attacking performance, but Sam, for me, I saw a lot of positive signs. I think Alex alluded to that. I was really impressed with um, Sadio um, Sadio Mane, him sort of chipping in into the midfield, showing his pace, his um, his alertness, you know, they were all very unselfish. We saw um, Mo Salah. Um, I kind of love the fact that he was using his physicality a bit more, you know, turning defenders inside out. I saw a lot of, like, positivity from all our attack, which was good. Definitely. I um, 
I think Salah, it's one of his better games he's had in a little while, actually. He looked a lot more at it today. He looked a lot more determined and he wasn't giving up. And as you said, he used his strength a few times today. Uh, I think it was Ryan Fraser. He just sat on his ass at one point. Uh, and, and yeah, he put in a couple of fouls as well. But for me, I got no problem with that. We've got a lot of teams who've resorted to kicking the crap out of us recently and, and referees are letting them get away with it. So it's something that I, I'm happy to see us do now and again. You've just got to get stuck in and give them a bit of a taste of their own medicine. So, uh, you know, Wilson was throwing his weight around up front today and getting away with it with the referee. So it, it really was something that we needed to do up front as well. Um, yeah, As you said, Mane flashes of brilliance again today. You know, that effort that hit the... The post, well, it was pretty much right in the corner, wasn't it? It's post slash bar. Um, fantastic effort from him again. Um, some of the things he can do, you know, the, the goal he scored as well. Such composure. As soon as you saw him through on goal, you just knew he's going to tuck it into the corner. So really, really positive signs uh, coming up now. Obviously, disappointing. If Firmino could have scored that goal at the end. I think we'd have been absolutely bouncing leaving that game today just to see that he's got that kind of monkey off his back uh, finally getting the goal at Anfield this season. But uh, I think it was Leanne Prescott put something on uh, Twitter earlier saying like bold strategy for Firmino saving his first goal at Anfield this season for the Atletico game. I'm really hoping that's the case. Absolutely. And I'll quickly get your thoughts on both the goals. Um, Sam, what did you make of, you know, Sadio Mane's press? And then uh, we were talking about the unselfishness of our strikers playing like um, a very, very fortunate assist to to, to Mo Salah. And Mo Salah just like tucking it in, you know, tight angle, but, you know, keepers near post, but precision. It was everything and massive relief as a Liverpool fan for me. Oh, definitely. And as as you said earlier, Gags would have enjoyed that one just for the pressing by Mane to actually get the ball in the first place. And it was a bit of a poor touch by the defender. But it does kind of show you how much of a joke the assist stats can be at times because Mane couldn't have cocked that up anymore, really. With his ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking awful. Uh, it was completely behind Salah. Totally took his momentum away. But... Luckily for us, Salah happens to be a left-footed player and that's one of the things he does really well is he kind of feigns a shot to the far post and then cuts it in at the near post and he, he's he's managed to nutmeg the, the defender as well at the same time and just slotted right in the corner. And I think it, it couldn't have come at a better time, really. I think there was a, a noticeable bit of anxiety in the crowd. You know, we weren't playing free-flowing football and and you do start to worry, you know, um, football can be very much a momentum game, especially a Klopp team. You know, we, we are a team that does kind of ride the crest of a wave. So when things aren't going our way, we, we can kind of feel like it might not be our day. But, um, you know, not this team. It's something we're going to continue doing. And when maybe one or two of the players up front aren't firing, one of them will always come up with the goods. And, you know, Salah did it there. And as I touched on earlier, the other goal with Mane, um, it, was a, it was a poor pass from them, wasn't it? That was intercepted by Virgil in the middle. But he played a lovely ball through to yes. Mane, which meant Mane had 
absolutely nothing to do apart from concentrate on putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, it was lovely ball through, didn't have to break his stride and he can just completely make sure that he just slotted into the corner and it was such a lovely finish. And the the reaction from Klopp, did you see that on the sideline? He went absolutely batshit crazy. Um, I don't know whether it was the first goal or the second goal where he did it. I, I, the, it's doing the rounds on Twitter now, where he's basically screaming in the face of the uh, of the linesman or the fourth official because we've actually got the the goal to go ahead uh, despite the the absolutely shocking officiating that we've had to deal with today. Absolutely. I mean, Alex, we spoke before the pod and I just said, you know what, celebrating goals, it's such an under, underrated, simple joy in life. Talk to me about the two goals. I'll let you have the floor and then we'll move on to Man of the Match. What impressed you? What did you love about both of them? Uh, the first one, clearly, it was the press. Uh, mm. It's exactly what we, we've all talked about. It was, um, we didn't allow Bournemouth any time. It came at exactly the right time of the game. We're 1-0 down. Um, they had an unfortunate injury. Uh, a sub came on. He was cold. Uh, we pressed him. He made an error. Um, it, it was, as as was mentioned, it was a shocking pass by Mane. But when you've got someone with the ability of Mo Salah, he retrieved the situation. He did what, what you know, uh, what Sam said. And he, he not made not just the, uh, the defender, but the keeper, keeper wasn't expecting it to be put into that part of the goal. Very clever finish, but the but the press was was key. The the second goal really showed Bournemouth's Achilles heel. I, I mean, it was it was mentioned earlier that Bournemouth sat deep more than was expected, and they did. But it's not in, really in their DNA, and they 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 lost the discipline because the ball was knocked out of defence and and forward, and they all started to move towards the ball rather than keep their shape. The turnover happened. One pass, managed absolutely clean through acres of space. And that's what you get with Bournemouth. It's why they're in the bottom three. They concede far too many goals like that and we, we made the most of it. Absolutely. I mean, for me as well, it was just the perfect response. I think Gags and you guys kind of touched on it as well. You know, the fact that Liverpool had to kind of kind of scrape this win and snatch this victory from, you know, poor officiating once again. I remember this being the situation against Villa away as well, I think, where, you know, I think it was Firmino's armpit that they kind of ruled offside as well and we had to score like a a cloppage time goal. Guys, we pretty much spoke about the entire game there. I think we have to move. Is there anything you want to say, a final takeaway from the game? Anything you want to get off your chest before we move on to man of the match? Alex, anything, a player that you feel that needs mentioning? Anything that you kind of want to mention? Uh, no, no, Nina. I think I think we've we've talked we've talked it through enough. We have, we have. I think for me, one of the things that I was kind of a little bit thinking about was, um, you know, um, the the referee. I thought he was absolutely shocking, but given where he's from and stuff, I I should no longer be surprised about referees. That's the nature of the game right now. What about you, um, Sam? Anything you want to get off your chest before we move on to man of the match? We we are pressed for time. No, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered things. I can say Alison Becker a few more times for Kev, maybe, if you want, for his, uh, <laughs> for his wank bank. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I think we're, we're pretty much done there, Nina. Cool. OK, well, Sam, I'll stick with you. Who's your man of the match and why? 
Right. Um, I was between three players. Um, I w- I was thinking Mo Salah, mm-hmm. you know, back back to showing some really good form today and and, and glimpses of, of of coming back to being world class. But uh, I also thought Joe Gomez was outstanding today. I think his distribution into the midfield, some of the passes he was playing. It, they were just fantastic, and I think it gave us a really good platform to try and attack and get us back into the game. Uh, I thought he was very unlucky for the first goal, but be a bullshit foul, uh, definite foul on him. But I, I think I've, even though you know that Gags did touch on in the chat earlier, there might have been the odd problem defensively with Milner because of his pace. I think that that key moment where he's cleared the ball off the line, some of his uh, excellent work, you know, using his head making sure that we got over the line at the end of the game, you know, keeping hold of the ball when there's not much time left. Just his experience and his, his sheer will to win that game today, for me, I, I think I'll agree with the uh, TV pundits today and, and say, for me, man of the match today is James Milner. Millie for man of the match. Some great shouts there. Um, great to see Joe, Joe Gomez back. Uh, Del agrees with you as well. Millie, just for that goal line clearance, Alex, I kind of know where you're going to go with this, but let's hear it all the same. Who was your man of the match and why? Well, a shout out to to Ginny, who I thought had a you know was back to form. A shout out to Mo, who who was back to form, and both both of them had, had really good games. Um, I thought Van Dyke had a really solid game. He he grew into the game after a uh, a slow start, as we mentioned, but yeah, I think he was exceptional after that. But I think um, the the standout was was absolutely James Milner. Let's not forget we mentioned that he was he was playing in a, a a role of left back, which he hasn't played too often for for a long time. But he was also coming back from injury, and he's not only that, but he's you know he's the oldest he's the oldest guy in the team, and to to be doing what he did and to be still doing it in the ninety fifth minute. Was exceptional. He uh, he did he did almost everything right, and as I mentioned before, he, he showed a whole different skill set from from clearing headers to making those latch ditch tackles to the 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 guile and the cleverness of his play at the end of the game to see the game out. Um, you know, like a really exceptional performance from him. I have to agree. I thought um, uh, James Milner was absolutely fantastic. And I agree with Dell. just that goal line clearance at the age of 34. It's absolutely shocking. You can tell the guy really looks after himself. You know what? I'm going to go a little somewhere else. I am actually going to give it to Mo Salah because I felt like this was a game for the attack. They had to have a response. And I thought for me, Mo Salah was showing signs of his brilliance I, I could see it and for me like like what Alex said he was not selfish not that I have an issue with him being selfish because I think every striker should be but I'm going to give it to Mosla because I thought his overall game was um, really really positive and I kind of want that confidence into the next game and I'm going to end this pod on saying that Atletico Madrid are currently drawing it's half time that is it guys thank you so much for listening a huge thank you to our callers Guy and Gags really really appreciate that a massive thank you to Alex and Sam and all you amazing people that joined us live before I let them go where can people find you Sam I'll start with you uh, yeah if you want to have a chat on Twitter my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans uh, if England do end up smashing Wales in the rugby, which is a, a concern of mine at the moment, uh, please do not tweet me to rub it in. That would be lovely. 
<laughs> okay, noted, noted. Some nasty gifts come away. I don't watch rugby. Fine. And Alex, um, what about yourself? Any plugs? Anything? Copcon? Yeah, be- before I say that, there is one thing that we, uh, we I don't think we've mentioned, but we just broke Bill Shankly's record of 22. This is now 22 successive home league wins, top flight record ever. Knowledge! Um, so, <laughs> um, so congratulations to the team for achieving that. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can find me on, on Facebook, uh, is your best bet. On um, It's either, either my own page or CopCon Events or CopCon 2020. And for those who, who don't know, we are putting on CopCon in, in Las Vegas in June, where we've got several ex-players, legends coming to join us. So you can find information about that there too. And also you can find me writing on uh, This Is Anfield as well. And also, if you want to sign up to you know get a ticket with a discount, you get $20 off using Anfield Index, the code Anfield Index. So make sure you do that. And uh, Roy Evans, um, Howard Gale, and uh, Bruce Brucey, and who else is that? David Fairclough as well. All going to be there, so you get to meet them. And uh, yeah, Red Men, gonna, Red Men are going to be there as well, Red Men TV, and I'll be there too. Armando's coming. Uh, he's in the UK now. He's landed just in time for this game, whilst Liverpool won. So we're going to be going together to on Wednesday to the game with Nina as well. Uh, Harindo will be there. Cam will be there. So it should be good fun on Tuesday and Wednesday. And um, yeah, so we're going to have a great time in Vegas. The best summer party, you know. And uh, that's not the only party uh, that's going to be happening this summer. There's also a uh, uh, a spring party, should we call it. So the best party, party in spring, just, you know, mid-May, is going to be in Liverpool. <laughs> and that's at Paisley Gate. So tickets for that are available too. Anfieldindex.com forward slash party. Um, yeah, go and check it out if you're a, if you're a pro subscriber, you get a discount five pounds off. It's already there. There's a, there's an option. Go and um, go and get those tickets. And uh, yeah, we've got Steve McMahon there. We'll be watching the game together. There's food. There's going to be a boss night style uh, event as well. Somebody from Boss Night, not Webster. Ben Burke's going to be there. Make sure you come along to that as well. Anfieldindex.com forward slash party. Um, that is going to be. There's only limited tickets for that as well. By the way, that's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a whole day, one till one a.m. DJ at the end as well to party into the night. So, should be fun. Lots of celebrating to come, Nin. Wonderful. Yep. What a great time to be the Reds. We are keeping your social calendar full. Do check out those. Get to CopCon if you are in Vegas. And if you if you're local, join us in spring. I mean, you're going to see Gags dressed up as uh, Graham Sooness. Why would anyone not want to see that? And it, Bruce Grubber is going to take a wee on Gags and bless him because that's the thing that he has to do. You know, you'll see all this in Vegas, guys. Check it out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. For my part, please check out AITs. We have got some awesome designs. Gags and myself are really passionate about them. We've just released the Robo one. I fucking love it. I'm going to buy it in blue. You know I am. It's ace it's it's gorgeous please do check out AITs we've got some awesome lines there thank you to everyone that supported us on there for my part if you want to hear more of me I do little videos on Instagram check me out there Instagram handle is the Nina Kauser show thank you so much for listening I'm so glad I'm discussing a win again a massive thank you to all you wonderful people that joined in this podcast take care stay positive till next time up the reds
Podcast Network.